When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is October 19th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Maronofsky. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, enjoying hockey being back. Not really the Bruins. Bruins played one game to this point. The Bruins played one game in a week, and they don't play till Wednesday. But hopefully you enjoyed the game Saturday night uh, and have been enjoying all the hockey around the league. A lot of just having hockey back. This time of the year is always so fun because it's so fresh. I'm watching every game. I'm I'm consuming every possible piece of hockey content I can consume. So I hope you guys uh, are doing the same, enjoying the Red Sox as well. On this episode, Connor and I discussed Jake DeBrusque in the third line, which looks to be back. I know it's one game, one of 82, but that line, mm, pretty encouraging. Pretty, pretty, pretty encouraging, if you guys get my reference there. Then we talked Swayman. Uh, we discussed sort of the Bruins scheduling things, what to look forward to coming up. And then we discussed ESPN and Turner, how we like the new broadcasts, how we like their new setups and the promotion of it. So we get into all of that in this episode and more. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm interested to hear how you are. You've deflected that right to me. You know, I'm doing okay. I'm going to be over at Fenway today. Uh, it's the most, it's the most exciting time of the sports year. We got Red Sox going on. Minks were very busy a couple of days, but, uh, I am doing well. Yeah, it's a very busy time of the year, um, especially for someone like you, who you're not. I mean, Bruins have started, but they don't play until Wednesday. Yes. So we've benefited you know, like, from the oh. schedule being out of whack a little bit. So yes, and now they're oh, you know, you're you're, you're around a little bit. You want to go over and see Game Three of the ALCS? Like, who would want to do that? Yeah, who would ever want to do? Yeah, who would who would ever want to do that? Um, but anyways, uh, the Bruins have played one game. So, and it's funny. Uh, I was planning out the schedule for a few weeks for myself and kind of like the, uh, editing and recording the video uh, podcast. 
And uh, I'm like, well, there's a few times we're going to have to say, you know, at the start of the podcast, oh, this game hasn't happened yet. It's happening tonight. None of that now. This no. schedule is whack. Um, they don't play again until Wednesday. So when you hear this on Tuesday or Wednesday, this is completely fresh. I think it's fresh even afterwards. But so we're going off one game. We're going to go off one single game. And that was a 3-1 win over the Stars on Saturday night. Very exciting stuff uh, for Bruins fans and for the Bruins. Uh, and we'll start here. Uh, Jake DeBrusque. Fully back. Uh, Jake DeBrusque had a goal, uh, and he's on an 82 game goal, uh, goal pace. I'm telling you, this is the year for guys. This is the year that all you those, finally uh, validated for your prediction last year. It's well, happening. that, that number one. And also, uh, this is the year it seems that all these wingers that Don Sweeney brought up, uh, are just killing it. You know, you have Ryan Donato scoring the first goal in crack in history. You have Danton Heinen on a, a literally might be on an 82, pace. might be on an 82 goal pace. Like, yeah, Denton Heinen actually might score 82 goals this year. That's not even like crazy. That actually could happen. Um, and then you have uh, Jake DeBrusque. But we'll focus on Jake DeBrusque and this third line with Nick Felino and Eric Howla. Nick Felino, fan of candy corn, which is gross, by the way. Disgusting. Um, he, he saved himself, let, let's clarify, by also saying that peeps suck, which is good. Like if he doubled down on candy corn and peeps – we might have some issues like there. You might talk to him. Like, are you okay, man? Like, is yeah. everything all right? But he saved himself <laughs> a little bit there. That being said, candy corn, trash, big trash. Trash. Oh, trash. It's so funny growing up, you know, with peeps. Uh, I mean, back when I was like younger, you know, there wasn't Twitter and we didn't talk about peeps at like the lunch table. And I would just kind of eat them because my parents liked them and they were all over CVS's and supermarkets when it was that time of year. So I just figured everybody liked peeps. Maybe I was weird. Didn't like peeps. Maybe, maybe I'm just kind of an odd duck. I don't want to tell anyone that I don't like peeps. Everybody does. I don't want to be the one kid to not fit in. And lo and behold, I was so happy to see everyone freaking hates peeps. Yes. No, (laughs) no, no one gets excited about that. I mean, just crystallized sugar all over marshmallows. Um, but anyways, this, we take, we're taking forever to get to this third line, but this third line, Jake DeBrus, Nick Felino, Eric Halla, tremendous on the four check. Great uh, doing what they were supposed to do. What did you notice out of them Saturday? Yeah, I think, uh, especially looking at DeBrus' game, we talked about it, you know, it's not like he has to drastically change his game to get back to the production that I think Bruins fans used to seeing from him. It's all about getting back to basics. And DeBrusque, as much as, you know, he scored a lot of goals in his his young career, his highlight reel really isn't, you know, like he's going to be like picking the corners or he's going to be, you know, dangling through guys. A lot of them are you know, tips, rebounds, you know, stuffing pucks in down low. Like that's kind of the bread and butter of his game. And he's gotten back to that both during the preseason, which was very encouraging. And then you look at, you know, game one against Dallas, it's, you know, not like a, a flashy play. He kind of sweeps the puck past Hopi off of a, you know, Felino bringing the puck down low. So uh, I think for DeBrusque, it's very encouraging to just see him get back to basics, not do anything too drastic and kind of let, you know, the, go towards where the play is, right? Like get, put himself in great AIs, put himself on the doorstep and, and the chances are going to be there. And uh, especially against a team like Dallas, one thing you kind of notice in that game is much as the Bruins held pretty convincing leads on, you know, shot share shots on goal, obviously not a lot of like quality looks. So he looked like the shot map in the first two periods. It was almost like a, a big C. It was all around the offensive blue line, not a lot inside against Holpe. And to is one of the few guys that kind of, simplified and brought it to the net. I think there was in the first period as well. He had a drive to the net. He had a drive to the net where I think he crashed into the net in the second period. So um, pulling a playbook out of uh, Thomas Nosek, what he usually does is smashing to the net. But those are the kind of plays. I think if you're looking at DeBrusque and how he wants to get back to his game, 
those are the encouraging shifts you see. It's good to see him get rewarded, but those other shifts where he's driving, uh, you know, he draws a penalty uh, on Suter, you know, moving his feet, being engaged, which I think is the biggest thing. It's one thing of last year, just, you know, Puck wasn't finding him or, you know, he had chances just weren't burying them. There were so many times last year where you were like, is Debrusco all right? Like he's like either floating outside of the great AI, so just doesn't seem engaged. Again, just one game, but moving his feet, getting down low, all those little things that if you do over an 82 game span is going to lead you to 15, 20, 25 goals. Yeah. And again, he's on pace for 82 goals. So I don't know what you're talking it, about. This that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but <laughs> yeah, geez. No, but I mean, it's funny. Like, you know, on that, on that goal he scored, that was a good play for him as the F1, you know, yeah. going in and immediately, uh, you know, forechecking the defender. And that was important. And, you know, Hollis supported and it, it, it was well done. And it hits at my bigger point, which is it's almost like how the third line goes, so too do the Bruins in the sense that that's a really important line. If that line is scoring goals, if that line is doing what it did Saturday night, you have a whole different Bruins team. You have a team that has depth, which is something this team has been lacking forever. And again, it's so hard to go off one game, but it's the schedule. It's the schedule. We can't, we can't do anything Not about much it. Not we can do. We're talking about one game here. I mean, as you, you hit it on the nail, you, you hit the nail on the head. If you have that effort for 82 games or anything close to that, you're going to see production and you're going to see a much better Bruins team because this third line can be used in multiple situations. Um, and at any time in the game, whereas last year, that third line was almost useless. I mean, that third line did nothing last year. Um, so that's already looking, uh, really, really good. And then obviously Felino as well seems to be fitting in really nicely. I don't know the, the Charlie McAvoy, uh, contract, uh, after Charlie McAvoy came in and everyone's congratulating him. He goes and hugs Felino immediately and they, <laughs> they dive on the ground. I forgot that the McAvoy thing happened. I mean, we were so focused on the game. The McAvoy contract happened oh, yeah. as well. I, yeah, that, that happened. A nine, 9.5 million a year. Uh, I don't think either of us disliked it i think we both liked it i think it's a good deal i think yes. we're kind of in agreement on it i don't think uh, anyone's... yeah i think it's a win-win for everyone i mean just like quick quick take on it i think mcavoy is happy because he got paid within what the market value is right now i think after the contract kicks in he's the fourth highest paid he's tied with seth jones and i think it's only warensky seth jones <laughs> yeah yeah i'm totally christ uh that team's a mess. Um, but yeah, Wawrinski, Dowdy, <laughs> yeah, Dowdy and Carlson, the only guys paid ahead of him. So he's getting paid not good value, deservedly. And I think for the Bruins, it's a win-win because I think that contract's going to look better and better as not just this year goes on, but in future years, especially when that, when the cap ceiling raises up. And for the Bruins, especially signing him before this year started was going to be huge because if we think he's going to produce a, like we expect where he's going to get a lot of power play minutes and, you know, he ends the, I'd say he was unsigned and went into this year and put up 53 points, was as good as he usually is at five on five. We'd be like, oh, he's getting 11 and a half or something like that. <laughs> so I think a win-win for all parties. Everyone should be happy. And the Bruins have their franchise defenseman through his age 31 season, which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you get this guy in his prime and he, in, and he'll be in his prime still at the end of this deal. Uh, and you get him at a time when the cap is on the verge of going up, but has not gone up yet. Like again, if the cap was up at like 90 million right now, he'd be getting like 11 or 12 potentially. Um, and I think in the next coming years, you're going to see these defensemen guys like Adam Fox, like the Rangers are up next to give Adam Fox that big payday. Lucky them. Um, but again, to anyone who's saying this is an overpay, it isn't because he's worth that money now. He's going to be worth it right now. Yes, exactly. And then think about how good he's going to be in three years. 
and how that money's going to look against a much bigger salary cap. So I think this is a win-win. It was a smart move. Good for McAvoy too, securing the bag. Like that, that is kind of number one for players. He did it, got it. And I think the new trend around the league is sign guys when they're 23, 24, not when they're 30, 31, as yes. we saw um, with Tory Krug. It's all about making bets. It's kind of about making bets on players. And there's only one place that I bet. And that's bet online, but they're back and they're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and NHL season and more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use that promo code CLNS50 to receive that bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason. You want to bet on the Red Sox? You do it here. NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Again, promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, so we can do a quick thing on Jeremy Swayman, who looked very good. Wasn't tested really at all in that first period. I think he had, what, two or three shots in the first? It was, it was, it was two, yeah. Yeah, it was two shots in the first period, uh, but ended with 28 shots on him, stopped 27. The one goal that he let in was just a complete defensive breakdown. I mean, yeah. it was a point-blank wrist shot from, like, right in front of him. I mean, there's not much you can do there. Um, oh, Thomas would have had it. Thomas yeah. would have had that. Um, but Looked good. The kid is poised as hell. You tweeted it. He was taking selfies before the game. I'm amazed at how this kid has no nerves. Like, none. He just goes out there and plays. And he was like that at Maine, too. Um, and I, I again, it keeps hitting at the point uh, of, you know, obviously him and Omar will share the net a bit. But I don't see Swayman slumping. I don't see it. And we said, we've said this all offseason. Swayman doesn't strike me as a guy who's streaky. You know, he seems very consistent and Pretty much good all the time. By the way, I have a Kraken sweatshirt on if you can kind of see. <laughs> there you go. I am wearing a Kraken sweatshirt. Um, it's kind of popping up under the mic, but to me with a guy like Swayman, I don't, again, I don't, and, and this is probably a, con- a conversation we're going to have later in the year about the, you know, was it worth it to go out and get Omar? Could you have went out and got somebody cheaper? Um, but for now, I mean, it looks like Swayman's keeping that net. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how Umak fares when he gets his next reps. I imagine they're probably going to go back and forth to start the year. One, because the schedule is so wonky anyway. And two, because I think they want to ease, you know, Omar in, but also see what both those guys have. I think Cassidy already kind of mapped that out before that they're not going to make any real big tweaks to the rotation until probably once they get out of October. So I imagine we see Omar on Wednesday against uh, Philly. Um, but you know, as you said, uh, the one thing I think that stands out about Swayman is a, you know, along with the technical ability, how good he is moving laterally. Yeah. As you said, like his poise is crazy. Like that guy doesn't get phased <laughs> by anything. Like, and for as much as, you know, I think for a guy like him, there's obviously the, you need confidence. You know, they've said he's very humble, but there's that quiet confidence that a lot of those guys have. He also just, you know, seems like he kind of just rolls with it as well. As you said, like guy is taking selfies before the game. I think, you know, I have people tweet at me that if they're like behind the net when he's playing, like during like media timeouts, he's like interacting with people. Like he's not, he's a guy who kind of just rolls with it. You know, the, uh, he did a press conference after the game in the uh, media room and it a little dead quiet. Like when, when the player's done talking, there's that awkward, like, you know, guy gets up, everyone kind of settles around and he like 
went to like go fist bump someone and was like, oh, you guys, it's win. Let's be happy. Like he was like, a, I, I tweeted that he was like a, uh, a, a college orientation leader at like 7 a.m. And like, it's like way too early. And they're yeah. like, yeah, let's go guys. Come on. Like, <laughs> Come on. So that's, that's what I think kind of just how like how he's wired, which I think if you're uh, a pro athlete, it's a great thing to have because so many of these young guys, understandably, you get to the big leagues and you're like, oh shit, like, you know, what am I? Am I settled in? Like, what do I, am I doing something wrong? Like all those things. What do I, he seems what, like what he do, I just, do Yeah. He seems like he just rolls with it. Um, and is composed. We'll see what happens. Like, it's going to be fascinating when, listen, it's inevitable. He's going to have a, a game where it's, you know, four goals on, you know, 24 shots or something like that. It's going to be a game where he looks mortal in net and it's how he builds off of it. Right. And I think that's what's going to be the first challenge and the first insight as to how he kind of handles the ups and the downs that come with it. Cause Every go- every goalie, every player has ups and downs. It's how you kind of build off of it and how you compartmentalize it and, and all those things. And from what we've seen so far, it doesn't seem like any of that phases him, but we'll see what happens when they get into the actual day-to-day grind that comes with an NHL season. But so far, so good. I just I keep going back to his time at Maine where he just got peppered with yeah. shots. Every game. There was never a game where he didn't have like fifty shots on him. Um and I, I just I, I just find it fascinating the way he's able to to you know carry on with fans and you know, after the game I he I was reading that he was saying like, Oh, you know, I, I um you know I I knew I, I treated it like a normal game, but now looking back, that was kind of a big game starting <laughs> opening night. It's like, no, re- really? Yeah. You think that was a big game? Um, but he, he has that demeanor. And it's funny that all these Bruins goalies who come through have these like odd demeanors. Rask, uh, it, Rask was kind of careless, not in a good, in a good way. I mean that in a good way. Don't get that. Don't take that out of context. Um, clip that video. Yeah. I take Rask was careless. Um, but he was, I think, you know, I, think was, I think it was Finnish aloofness is, is yes. the, the, yes, very candid. You, You'd ask, candid, him about but... go- You'd ask him about goals and he'd be like, well, I don't know. You know. The best was, I don't, you might remember this, uh, and they lock him after game seven of that, uh, the cup loss. Uh, I think, I, if I remember right, right, a reporter asked him something along the lines of like, uh, what the reporter was like, you know, what's the mood in the dressing room or something like that? And Rask's like, what the fuck? Like, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> like, if I remember right, it was I mean, like, fair, like a yeah, fair I would, response for, uh, I would, a I would give like the that. same response. I would give the same response, but yes, Jeremy Swayman, Poised, uh, you know, do- doesn't have nerves of steel, so to speak, uh, in that. And, uh, you know, we're, when we're talking about being chill, if you want to be chill like Jeremy Swayman, let's talk cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk cannabis. Cause if you want to be chill like this, why not? Uh, and we're going to talk about cannabis specifically. Massachusetts premier cannabis dispensaries, INSA, I-N-S-A. They're the premier because the founders, Pat and Pete, re-engineered the cannabis model from what they sell to how they sell it while never forgetting it's for everyone. INSA dispensaries are inviting and modern. So come in if just to, just to learn more. It's, it's a good time no matter what you're looking to do. The staff are authorities on the science who answer every single question from differences between flowers and concentrates to offerings for insomnia and anxiety or a Rico for just hanging out with friends. They're the new bars, so just go and hang out. Insta has a world-class head chef too and only hires the most respected growers who perfected their craft when it wasn't so legit. So they were kind of like trendsetters in a sense. You know, they're, they're doing it before everybody else does it. Uh, one last thing. The Insta founders aren't VCs from Silicon Valley, but lifelong pals from Springfield, Mass., from beautiful Springfield, Mass. If that ain't a reason to support them, I don't know what is. So guess what? 
There's another local team to root for. You got the Red Sox, you got the Bruins, you got the Celtics, Patriots, you have the Pride, you have the Revs, and you have Insa. So Insa's the seventh or eighth team on that list. In Salem, East Hampton, Boston, and two Springfield locations, you can go visit Insa. Just the, the one of the Springfield locations is just off I-91 beside the MGM Casino. Mention we said to stop by, and you get a sweet T-shirt for a penny. Hoy hand over a penny. Say that Evan and Connor or Bruins beat sent you to Insa, and you will get a free T-shirt. Or call eight seven seven five hundred Insa again eight seven seven five zero zero Insa. Or you can visit them online at penny.insa.com to get your penny t-shirt okay so we've talked to brusque we've talked to swayman i want to get into a little bit of the new broadcast because again we've mentioned it's only been one game for the bruins but there's been multiple national broadcasts obviously espn and uh turner now have the rights instead of nbc we saw espn on tuesday night of last week which was like the opening night it was what it was uh lightning and rangers the lightning, the lightning and the uh Lightning and Penguins was that Penguins. first game. Light, I'm thinking of Turner. Lightning and then, and, and, then, it was, uh, and then it was Kraken and Vegas. Kraken and Vegas, which was a way better game. Yes, like, not that, even close. that opening game <laughs> was bad. That was a bad horrible, game. a horrible, horrible fan. Like it was the whole thing. And then the next night, Turner was uh, Rangers was Caps, Rangers Caps, and um, Avs Blackhawks. Avs Blackhawks. That was the first time we saw the Blackhawks just debacle. But I was Holy watching the broadcast. I was yeah, I was watching. The new broadcast. I wanted to see what do I like, what do I not like, and my my overall thoughts from both is I like both. I I I enjoy that it's on ESPN. I like that it's on Turner. We'll start with ESPN. Um, I I just it it felt so professional. Where they did it really well. Kevin Weeks is awesome during the yes, intermission. Kevin Linda Cohn, the best. Kevin Co- uh Kevin Cohn, <laughs> Linda Cohn, and Kevin Weeks are great together during the intermission. I like Bucci Gross a lot. Um. So I just enjoyed the broadcast. Did you have any thoughts from the ESPN one? Yeah, no, I thought, as you said, professional, informative, uh, good personality, as you said. Um, I think Emily Kaplan was awesome during the broadcast. Ooh, yes. Instead of literally, uh, you know, we didn't have to listen to where a guy went for the USHL. <laughs> we actually got actual insight. We, like, heard what people were saying on the bench. Like, actual information to an actual game, which was very refreshing. Um, yeah, I, I think both both shows or both broadcasts are very, very good. ESPN, as much as I think people, we'll see what happens when they get into more of the ESPN Plus broadcast. Cause I feel like that's just going to really confuse people at first. So yes. I think you have to navigate that hurdle because as much as I think ESPN is being very upfront, like, don't forget, like, this is what you have to do. I know when, like, we get to, like, Bruins games, especially, I'm going to have people tweeting at me or having, you know, questions about it, which is understandable. Like, it's definitely yeah. something in terms of pitching, like, no, you need to get no, it's not ESPN. You have to subscribe to get this sh- this broadcast as well. Like that'll be a little bit of a hurdle, but you look at ESPN and the access and the resources they have. It's only good for the sport to uh to have you know them making the circuits on the on a, a network of that size. Yeah, and and I loved during the uh, ESPN broadcast on Tuesday having Stephen A. Uh, promote the Wild Ducks game on yes. uh, Friday night. I was like, whoa, what year have I woken up in that, that Stephen A is like, remember to watch the Wild and the Ducks after my show's over. Trevor Zagres. Yeah, Trevor Zagres. I was like, what? Um, that was kind of out of left field. But yeah, I mean, I have ESPN Plus, uh, and I know you do too. And I, I actually like it because I watch, because the games are there. They have, mm-hmm. even when they're not technically broadcasting the games, do they have something with NHL TV 
or something where they broadcast all the games because they, they have, have like they more or less have absorbed I think like their rights where it's you okay, get the same amount of access. Like I don't know how exactly it works, but it's more or less they've kind of absorbed like the overall broadcast span or or you know sphere of what they can show. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And then Turner, I loved. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you work for Turner. Of course you're going to love it. Well, yeah, if it sucked, I just wouldn't say anything. That's the difference. That's true. Yeah, you wouldn't say anything. Turner, you know, was good. I, I didn't see it. Sorry, guys. I wasn't watching. I was doing something else. Um, no, I loved it. I thought that was great. They nailed the pregame show. I almost wanted to rather watch the pregame show and the intermission than the actual game. It was yeah. fun. Uh little very Gretzky heavy, which I feel like as time wears on, it'll wear off a bit. Uh, but it was good. They had good chemistry. I thought Anson Carter, um, was great because with NBC, he was very official and polished and he was a totally different guy on that, on the, on the, on the desk on, uh, on Wednesday. It was awesome. Um, and then, you know, Rick Tockett, you know, I think he'll start to talk a little bit more, no pun intended. And then, you know, Biz is great with next to Gretzky. I thought it was great. I did. I thought it was, was good. Charles Barkley coming in. Yeah. So that was good. Do you have any thoughts from it? Yeah, no, I think that was definitely a breath of fresh air. And I think there was maybe not skepticism, but there was definitely concern of like, all right, how's this going to work out? Cause I feel like Turner was going to do something similar. Like they had the right ingredients for why, like inside the NBA, for example, works so well of like these guys kind of riffing on each other. And, you know, it, how that was going to translate to hockey was going to be interesting. And, you know, all right, Gretzky is Gretzky, but how is he going to be on camera? Like all these questions. But I thought like he did pretty, pretty well. Uh, as you said, very Gretzky heavy, but also he wasn't like even kind of feeding into it. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, stop. <laughs> but I think, no, like the way it was set up, uh, I think having like Bissonette next to, uh, next to Gretzky in terms of like, you know, egging him on or getting him to like to, to engage more. Like, and it's something Bruce Cassidy talked about when asked, I think Ty Anderson asked him about his thoughts on it, that not everyone, especially, you know, beat ESPN or Turner, you're going to get a whole bunch of new fans interested of like, all right, I, I know what hockey is, but like, I don't haven't watched a broadcast. Like not everything has to be, you know, the pregame show of, breaking down a, a four check or what have you. Sometimes it's all about just having like the personalities come out and these guys kind of riffing on one another and, and talking about old stories and, you know, adding analysis, but not stuff that like, you know, casual fans are going to shut their brains off. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just flip back when the game starts. Like I, yeah. I think as a whole, they hit that, that good balance between like ESPN being very informative and Turner being a little bit lighthearted. And I imagine they both kind of, we'll find that median as they work their way through it. But I think nothing but good things in terms of the yeah, pregame show coverage. I think the broadcasts are pretty clean. I really like Turner's, uh, uh, you know, broadcast presentation, how it's all set up. They have like the, the clock on the ice for the power play, like little things like that, that I think are really, really good. So, uh, so far so good. I think it's good for the, the league that they're going to have it on these two networks. And I'm sure, uh, for all the people involved on both networks, it's just going to get better and better as the year goes on. And another thing, you mentioned this. I didn't realize Ty asked that. Ty made a point to me. I don't remember if it was a year ago or whenever it was. We were, we were walking through the press box, and he said, you know, Bruce Cassidy, when he's done coaching, would make an amazing yes. national analyst, would make yes. a tremendous fit. And I said, damn it, that is so true. Like, it's it's tough to tweet out like, oh, yeah, Bruce Cassidy would make a great analyst because yes. that's like a backhanded compliment to some people. But it is true. Cassidy would be a, a spectacular um, national guy. And that's not a guy who like is, it's not like, I don't think outside of the market, it's well known. Like, I don't think, I don't know if that's like a widely thought, talk, talked about thing. Like, oh, Bruce Cassidy's a, you know, you never know what you're going to get from Cass. He's not like torts or anything like that. He's not like <laughs> widely known as like this, but 
He's so good. He's so personable and he's so talkative and he loves the media side of it. Like Bruce yeah. Cassidy genuinely loves talking to him. I think loves talking to the media most times. So he would be a guy, you know, years down the road. Cause I don't think he's done anytime soon. That's for sure. But years down the road would be a, would be a really good analyst. So that's kind of the, the first game plus first broadcast thoughts. Hopefully you guys enjoyed us, our, our TV talk. Our ESPN and Turner beat. That's what it is now. ESPN and yes. Turner beat. Um, anyways, what can the people look forward to over at VSJ? Yeah, as we wait for uh, the next game to finally uh, arrive on Wednesday, we have, uh, you know, we're breaking down the the first kind of game footage we've seen, what we like, what we didn't like uh, out of that first game. We're going to have a few features in the pipeline. Um, if you're following over at BSJ, I also have some Red Sox stuff this week as well. So kind of a, a little bit of everything over at BSJ, as is the case every single day. We have great coverage across all the major teams in Boston. So subscribe over at bostonsportschannel.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. Highly recommend. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky for Bruins Beat. I will see you guys later. (laughs) 